Welcome to Flowcast. I'm Sister Marilyn Jean Runkle, your host today, for a conversation about community organizing. When a veteran Chicago-based community organizer named Barack Obama became president, his former job landed in the spotlight too. Many people have heard of community organizing thanks to our 44th president, but most do not really know what it is. Community organizing is a way for people to harness power for positive community change. But what exactly does an organizer do and how does change happen? Here to talk with me today about that is Emma Schaefer, who is a new community organizer for the Faith Coalition for the Common Good, a community organizing group that is making a difference in Springfield, Illinois, where Emma and I live and work. For full disclosure, I must say I'm on the Faith Coalition board, so Emma and I share a passion for sharing the process of community organizing. Welcome, Emma. Thank you, sister. It's so good to be here today. It is. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions just to get us going so that we can talk about this community organizing. Um, How would you explain that term, community organizing? I would describe community organizing as organizing power, which is people and money. People and money both give you power, right, in grassroots ways for systemic change. So we're looking to change policies and enact accountable change for people and for the betterment of our communities. We do that with power. Sounds interesting and sounds very doable from what I know about you, Emma. Okay. <laughs> um, what actually drew you to want to be involved in community organizing? Well, I think when I was in high school, I was in high school in 2016 when big things were happening in politics in our country. And I had these big feelings about everything that was happening. And I felt the divisiveness in school, in my family, in my community, like most people. And I had these big feelings and I didn't really know what to do. And that's actually when I met the executive director of Faith Coalition and she sent me to community organizing training. I was 18 years old and I actually went with you, Sister Marilyn Jean. (laughs) That's where we reconnected. I knew you as a kid, but I, I hadn't seen you in a long time. And it was so good to be with you and to learn about actual ways that you can make a difference and enact change um, instead of just kind of complaining about what's going on around you. And that was the first time I had ever had any training in community organizing also. So it was a wonderful reunion for the two of us. And who would have thought this many years later, we'd be doing this little program. Exactly. No, it's wonderful. And I think what people don't realize about community organizing is that Oftentimes, organizing is in just those small moments and small conversations within people. Anytime people are getting together to talk about the betterment of their community and work on accountable change. So, you know, your two neighbors talking about trash pickup and how they're going to make that better, or talking about how they're going to improve their street, any anything like that, that's community organizing. We're just talking about a, a larger level. And, you know, I work for an organization that that's all we do is community organizing. But people engage in this every day. Well, I know that we both took the uh, Gamaliel training, which is what we did a few years back together. Mm -hmm. Did you have any other training that led you this direction? 
I went to Lincoln land and I got my associates in political science. And that sort of gave me the grounding to learn about systemic issues on a larger scale. And then I went to the new school in New York City and got my bachelor's in urban studies. And that's where I really learned about the small ways that people's lives are impacted by just the city and the place that they live in. We've designed communities in a way that really doesn't help people out or make them feel very good. You know, there's not a lot of greenery. We don't have a lot of parks. We don't have a lot of amenities for people. And I learned a lot about the discriminatory ways that, you know, that's been kind of doled out in America. And it made me really mad. And it made me kind of feel like I wouldn't be fulfilled if I did anything other than community organizing. Um, because there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of work to be done. And you've been doing this for a little while. So why don't you tell us about some of the activities or examples of different kinds of community organizing that you've experienced, even local ones or otherwise? Yes. Well, I think that my very favorite thing that comes with community organizing is canvassing. And that's actually something that most people do not like to do. Most people don't like to canvass. And they, they think of political candidates coming to your door and knocking and asking you for their vote. And I understand that maybe it doesn't have the best sort of connotation, but to me, canvassing is the ultimate way to talk to people and to hear what they think is going on in their community and to just share and, um, you know, get in relationship with people that live two streets away from you or that that maybe you've never spoken to or had a conversation um, with. And you just can really... Um, You can learn with people, you can learn from people, and you can just get out there in your community by canvassing. So last week, I'm going to just share a quick story about canvassing. We were talking about the Pretrial Fairness Act and making sure people had correct uh, information about that. And so we were going around and canvassing. And within the span of about an hour, I talked to 10 people, and eight out of those 10 people had been incarcerated waiting for pretrial, waiting for their bail um, eight out of the 10 of them had. And that was just that was just crazy to me because obviously you know that these types of laws affect people and you know that there are people sitting in jail because they can't um, afford to get out. But, you know, I talked to a man and he shared a story with me about sitting in jail before trial for a nonviolent drug offense and he missed his stepdad's funeral. He missed his stepdad's funeral. And it was a heartbreaking story, but you really do you learn about how people are really impacted by the policies. And, you know, it's easy for me as a white girl who grew up on the West side of Springfield kind of to not think about those things, but real people are affected. And that's why we need to organize. And that's why we need to be canvassing and be out talking to folks. What are some other things that Faith Coalition has got you into organizing? Well, in Faith Coalition, we're doing some work right now on on clean energy, and we want to stop this CO2 pipeline that's being proposed to run through Illinois and Iowa. And we know that that carbon dioxide pipelines are really not very safe. And so we, we want to put a stop to this. And so our environmental justice task force has been working and working on this. And they finally were able to lobby and and they got the Sangamon County Board to vote no on this CO2 pipeline. So big news and big stuff is happening, which is good. There's momentum right now. How was that experience for you actually approaching the county board about something? It wasn't me personally who did that. It was this group of people. And 
I, I have done scenarios like that or spoken to, you know, our mayor or our alderman. I met with an alderman last week and it's quite nerve wracking, but it's also really excited when you're with other people and you're meeting with people in power, you know, you're showing our people power. And so it feels really important. And I feel so grateful to have that experience of, of holding our politicians accountable because not enough people do it. We, we aren't really holding them accountable and we, our communities are reflecting that now. You use the word power, and sometimes people don't have a good meaning or a good feeling for power. What, how does power really understood in the concept of organizing? Well, sometimes people view power as a bad thing and in a negative light because of some of the bad things that people have done with power. But in community organizing, we view power as the ability to act. So the ability to get any sort of thing done. And we know in community organizing that people act when they feel like their values are being violated. And so they have then a sense of urgency around that. I would say that power is just being able to act. And when there are a lot of people supporting the same thing, you have a lot of ability to act and you have a lot of power. And that's a really good thing. I do think that it's scary when power is too concentrated in one person's hands, which is what community organizing is directly working to to counteract. <laughs> I think um, part of organizing gets us involved in things like town halls, right? Yes. Have, have yes. you had any experience with town halls? I have had some experience um, planning town halls and being involved in town halls. And I think that there's such a great way, again, just to hold people in power accountable. And, you know, you can just pin someone specifically on questions. I remember in 2018, we were trying to get the firearm restraining order passed so that folks who are abusers aren't able to access firearms if they have a restraining order against them. And that was a really huge step because it's really hard to get even just basic gun control passed. And so to to be able to be on the stand on the side of on the side of justice there and and asking and pinning legislators there is really important. I think this was before you connected with Faith Coalition when the Springfield started working on the rail project, uh, mm-hmm. moving all the railroad that's on Third Street over to Tenth Street, and there's been many 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 grants to make that happen federally and otherwise. And one of the organizing events that Faith Coalition went through at that time was to make agreements with the contractors and with the people running the whole project that there would be a certain percentage of minority workers hired for those jobs that were coming in. And that was a very successful thing for Springfield because, and that's the kind of thing that Faith Coalition kind of looks into. Mm-hmm. We even looks into some, type, some types of education things. Do you, have you been connected to anything that's in the area of education that you've been organizing? I know right now what we're looking at is trying to make sure that we have equitable funding for schools and that schools that have, you know, more poor students do have more funding in order to kind of make up for some of those gaps that that do come between poor and wealthier students. And so that's something we've really been advocating for. And, you know, I think our are making headway on that definitely. But, you know, it's a, a lot of these fights are, are quite long battles. And so it's just about, you know, every single conversation and every relationship that you have. And it's really just about connecting people's self-interests and, and seeing that, you know, whether you're a person of faith like we are and we're working 
because we believe that the values that that Jesus, you know, presented us with are being val- violated, right? We <laughs> we believe that, but there are also people who maybe aren't necessarily people of faith, but that share those same values and are working on the same goals. So, yeah, just about connecting and making relationships, and it's a slow thing, but also um, can just be really powerful along the way. That's one of the things that's happening locally is that District One Eighty Six has an equity committee. And they had asked for someone for Faith Coalition to be part of that committee. And I've been able to do that. So uh, it, it, it enables us to look at what's local and how we can make a difference in what's local. You mentioned the word self-interest. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Self-interest is really interesting because people have so many self-interests, right? It's just something that you're interested and invested in and that you're willing to act upon. And so in community organizing, we focus a lot on that because someone's self-interest is why they act. And so we kind of need to figure that out in order to work together with them in order to, you know, progress whatever we're working on. And so we do these things called one-on-ones, which is where we sit with people and we listen and we ask them questions to try to figure out where their self-interest lies. So, you know, just my personal example is that I grew up in Springfield and we know Springfield is one of the most segregated cities in the Midwest and in one of the most segregated uh, cities in the country, I think, too. And growing up in Springfield, I remember the experience of being on the school bus and going on South Grand and riding under the uh, the 11th Street underpass in my school bus and reemerging and being like, why is this neighborhood completely different than it was before we crossed the tracks? Why does it look like that? Why... Are there vacant houses every other house? Why, you know, are there shootings a lot? We had a lot of shootings around my school growing up. And you realize that's because of redlining and that's because of these systemic issues. And so, you know, my self-interest now is in fighting that and it's in fighting the injustices that have come and inequities that have come from these systemic sort of big policies. But people have all sorts of different, you know, my self-interest is also in faith-based organizing because I... Um, I'm spiritual and I have this personal relationship with God. And so one of my self-interests is working with other people of faith to um, try to connect over that. So yeah, you connect with people over self-interest and then you use it to advance your mission. Is it ever difficult to try to figure out the self-interest part of it? Sometimes it is because you're like, why are you doing this work? (laughs) What's the point of doing this work? But I think that sometimes it's only difficult to find self-interest if someone's unclear about their own self-interest. Most people are pretty clear about it when they're doing this work. They understand. Even though I'm not a community organizer being part of Faith Coalition, I have to deal with my self-interest too. However, You are a community organizer. (laughs) Well, all of us in a way, if we're interested in justice issues, if we're interested in equity, if we're interested in divisive situations. In our own way, we're organizers. I think in faith community, we call anybody that's part of it a leader. You know, yes. it's, it's not just the people who are uh, on the board or the people who are on the executive committee or something like that that are the leaders. It's every person that belongs to faith commu- uh, coalition or every person that takes the training or every yeah. person that wants to be involved in the goals, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I just because I'm a professional community organizer doesn't mean that other people who don't do it for 40 hours or 50 hours a week aren't. I think that 
I think that if more people viewed themselves as community organizers, we'd get a heck of a lot more done. <laughs> the people who actually are organizing, if they just viewed themselves as it, maybe we'd get a lot done. <laughs> well, I know you were way out in New York getting this wonderful degree and you were interested in systemic change and all, all the goals that you had for your life. Whatever made you say, oh, maybe Faith Coalition could help me do this? Well, I told you that I went to that training when I was younger, and so I felt like I got a good footing on what accountable and implementable change really looks like. And we don't have a lot of that in Springfield, honestly. We don't have a lot of that happening. I also believe in standing in solidarity with other groups and working together with people. Um, multiracial and multi-age organizing, I think, is really important. I also think that you know, multi-faith organizing is super important, too. And so Faith Coalition is really the only organization that fits all of those boxes in Springfield. And so when I saw that this position opened up, it just felt like, of course, I need to be in Springfield in my hometown working with this awesome organization and, you know, advancing, advancing Springfield forward. Yeah. It's because that's where your roots are, right? Yeah, my roots are here and I can't imagine working anywhere else, honestly, now that I'm here. Glad to hear that for yeah. sure. <laughs> My roots are here too, as you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and, uh, being able to realize that maybe we can make a difference in what's going on all around us is, a, is an important issue. It's very important for us. Is. Um, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to tell us that I haven't asked you or we haven't uh, gotten into so far? I want to talk about the link between faith and organizing and how I really believe it's my personal mission and it's my goal on earth. And I believe that, you know, this is kind of the goal that Jesus entrusted people with to work with the people around us and really work with our neighbor and for our neighbor. And I think that sometimes it gets a little messy because people interpret that as working solely for the church and, that's a good thing. And I, the churches do great work. I don't mean to negate that at all. But I think that there's also this outside thing where we need to be working with people and not just for the church and with the people that are experiencing the really harsh bits of this world. Um, and those mostly aren't people inside of the church, at least in America today. Those are people that are homeless, that are you know, experiencing racism, who are experiencing poverty, all of those different things. And we know that that's where Jesus would be if he was alive today, or I believe that at least. And so I believe it's our mission to organize. Honestly, I think Jesus was an organizer and I'm an organizer. And I, every single day, know that I will never live up to his example, but I'm going to work really hard at it. <laughs> I'm going to work really hard at it. And that's what I'm trying to do. And yeah, that, that connection is just so strong. And I think it's so beautiful too, because as I've started organizing, I've realized that my, my um, motivator is the idea and the values that, you know, Jesus presented and that I grew up with in the Presbyterian church. But for some other people, it's this completely other thing, but it clearly feels the same to them. And that's a really beautiful, beautiful thing. For some people, it's the trees. And that's a really cool thing. And it's cool to be able to work together with different people on that. But now you mentioned Christianity and Jesus, which is mm -hmm. your motivation and part of my motivation too, as a Catholic Christian Dominican sister, but a faith coalition doesn't just have Christians, right? Mm -mm, no, no, we no. 
We have people of all faiths and denominations and interests and beliefs. And that drawing together of all different kinds of people of faith makes a difference too, right? Absolutely. I just think it adds so much cultural richness and diversity. And I, I think you need diversity to get anything done and you need different points of view from all different angles, from age, from race, from gender, from everything. Now, when, when we were kind of preparing this, you shared a quote with me. Have you shared that with us yet? Uh, the quote is, yeah, no, I haven't shared it yet, but the okay. quote is the biggest contributor to climate change is bad governance or the biggest contributor to racism is bad governance. And you can just insert any sort of social quote there. And that's from my, my, my bud, Scott Allen of the Citizens Utility Board actually said that the other night. And I just can't stop thinking about it, but it's true. The root of any sort of evil in our world is bad governance now. And so we as people have the power to change that. We just have to harness it. And it's not easy to harness it sometimes either, is it? No, it's so hard and it's so messy. <laughs> you know that it's so messy and so difficult sometimes, but I I think that we can just get so much done if we have the idea that we're going to work together no matter what and stand in solidarity despite the difficulties that are going to arise with that. We know it's going to be hard, but if we know it's going to be hard, we can hopefully stick it out through that. Okay, well, then maybe I'll ask you... Um, um... Emma, to get, give some more specific examples of, of the different kinds of organizing. You know, talk a little bit about the town hall. Talk a little bit about uh, some of the different uh, people you've met with, not mentioning their names or anything, but the kinds of things that you've uh, been doing. Because you're new in this and you've really been trying to broaden your base. How have you been trying to broaden your base? Maybe that would be a good thing to talk about. Well, since I started this job, one thing that I've noticed in Springfield is that organizing seems to be really siloed off into everyone is doing different things and working for their own causes, which is really important and working hard at those, but not necessarily working with other groups or working in tandem. And so I've gotten involved in a couple groups like Moms, Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense and um, Resistor Sisterhood and some other different groups that are working for the same things and actually working together with them and, and kind of advancing both of our agendas at the same time. Because really, in my eyes, good organizers organize other groups of people too and work together. And so that's something I've been working on and, and just really developing good relationships with the people in those in all of those groups and you know, working for them too. Part of my job is I'm working for Faith Coalition, but I'm also working for the people of Springfield, or ideally, that's what I kind of see it as. And if I'm not doing that, I'm probably not really doing my job right. So um, <laughs> yeah, meeting with those people and yeah. What are some of the agendas of those folks that you've connected with? Yeah, well, Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense and Faith Coalition too. We just held, we kind of combined forces on a town hall that we hosted recent, recently. I'm going to backtrack and say, actually, it's on a public meeting that we recently had. So Moms Demand Action and Faith Coalition combined forces on a public meeting that we had recently. And in that public meeting, we were asking for an assault weapon ban and also a ban on high capacity magazines. And during that, we you know make a specific ask of the decision makers that are coming and you know, it depends on whether it's election season or not, whether we get people there, to be honest, and what election season it is. But those types of 
unities, at least I would say, or allyships between groups is really important. And we need more of that in Springfield. Talk a little bit more about trying to get people there to answer the questions so that we can do an action. So when we're doing any sort of a public meeting or anything, we have to invite a bunch of lawmakers and decision makers. And that's oftentimes really difficult because it means just calling the same people like nine or 10 times, honestly, trying to get them in the room. Um, and the last public meeting that we had, it was a bit difficult to get people in the room just because I think of honestly the date that we chose, et cetera. Um, but we were able to get one decision maker there and she did agree to sponsor a bill to end juvenile fines and fees in the state of Illinois, which is good. Kids can't get fined in the court system anymore, which we like. Talk a little bit about the kinds of people that came and how many came and uh, the fact that what, what a public meeting is really all about. So a public meeting is really all about making information digestible for people so that they understand some of these really kind of complex, big issues that are plaguing people. You know, it's really difficult to explain juvenile fines and fees to people. And so we try to do so in an as digestible way as possible with impacted people first, front and center, right? So we did this presentation on juvenile fines and fees, and it was all people who are 20 years old and younger, right? So it was mostly teenagers. And that's important because teenagers are the ones that are getting these juvenile fines and fees. Adults aren't getting that. Um, it's affecting kids, and then they're becoming adults and having horrible credit as an 18-year-old, which is awful and not really right for petty things like getting into a little bit of a fight at school or something like that. Shouldn't shouldn't be, you know, you know, a big red letter on their credit forever. I just I think that's wrong. But so we we make sure that we always are centering impacted voices, and then we have an accountable sort of portion of that. So that's where we asked a lawmaker to sponsor this legislation for us. And she agreed. And we had a room full of, you know, over 300 people there. And so it was really powerful and we were chanting and it was good. The energy was really good. And we were able to, you know, make sure that we have her saying, you know, on video that she is going to sponsor this legislation for us. So it's good stuff. Is there a difference between uh, lobbying and community organizing? We do lobby in community organizing, but it's it's mostly about building grassroots, you know, systemic power around things. And so lobbying is more just talking to politicians and, and lobbying, you know, your your goals and thoughts there. But community organizing is building that power from the people to lobby. You need power behind that. You know, if a politician gets a thousand calls in a morning about, you know, repealing health care or something, that's power. And when someone comes and meets with them later, they're then going to be like, oh, okay, I'm maybe more prone to listen to you now because I had this a thousand calls on my on my office phone or whatever. So um, you need both things, definitely. But you, I think that the organizing power is the most important. <laughs> Way back in the beginning, you said that organizing was about people and money, organizing people and organizing money. You haven't said much about the money. What? How does that fit into it? I haven't said much about money because that's what everyone avoids. <laughs> no, it's really, honestly, it's hard to raise money. It's really hard to raise money for justice work because it's not filling a direct need. You know, we have a lot of charity in America and that direct service is necessary, you know, those nonprofits. But at some point we do need to figure out why, you know, we're only investing in charities to give people food and not why people can't afford food to begin with. Right. So in my eyes, it's more difficult to raise money, but it's really important. And, you know, it 
all boils down to personal relationships and having relationships with people and, you know, convincing that this is a really good thing to do with your money and that this does have a, you know, a strong impact and that your money is going to, you know, go to a really good place. And we've done okay so far. That brings up a kind of another related topic. In community organizing, we don't do things like taking food to people or taking clothing to people or helping out someone who needs furniture or something of that nature. Why is that that we don't do that? And what is it we do instead? Well, we don't do that because there are already so many organizations doing that. And there aren't very many organizations doing what we're doing, which is trying to solve those those like longer term policy changes and trying to get, you know, accountable change so that people don't have to rely on so many resources because so many people rely on so many resources and a lot of systems are set up that way so that people kind of have to. And another thing that happens is what our training is about is that we try to enable other people to know what their power is. Now, I used a word that you're not supposed to use in organizing, and that's enable. (laughs) It's it's helping people to recognize, it's that self-interest thing again. It's helping people to recognize that they can be part of making a difference. And I think that's a big difference between other kinds of social justice, not social justice, but social social agencies that, that are important and they help people directly. But we're trying to help the people who need to be helped directly to be able to help themselves in a better way. Exactly. And to be, be able to show up and show out in their own power is, is really important. I want to, with that, um, I want to tell just a quick story, sister, because you actually got me set up with a pretty good gig. I, I did a training a few weeks ago at Mercy Communities, which is a nonprofit that serves serves women and children who are experiencing homelessness in Springfield. And I did a training on personal power and it was one of the best experiences of my life. I was sitting at this table with eight women and, you know, we were just talking about injustice and all of these women know how hard it is to be poor in America and just hearing you know the honestly the excitement that they felt about being validated in the fact that you know these systems aren't aren't weren't designed for these women to make it out and you know thrive they just weren't they're being fined at every moment they're you know single they're they grew up poor a lot of them have experienced trauma and now, you know, they're experiencing something really difficult as a result of all of these things that have led up to this moment. And it was just really validating to see that they were, some of them are realizing like, oh my gosh, this isn't my fault. And that like, really it's these systems of power that are meant to put me in this place. And also I can stand up and be like, this is wrong. And I can show up to a public meeting and, you know, yell at some politicians and chant at them and tell them that they're not serving us. And that's not right. And I believe in people power. And I think most people, when they, when they see that power, they believe in it too. That's why community organizing is incredible. <laughs> Being an example for others to, to join us, right? Exactly. Yeah. And we're always wanting people to join us. Always. You know, always. we're always open that, that people, if, if they're interested in this whole idea, they can contact Faith Coalition or they can, there are other organizations that do organizing also. It's, it's a, it's a bit much, much more common word and activity than it was 10 or 15 years ago. I think people are really involved in trying to make a difference. That's the important word, trying to make a difference, building relationships, knowing what has to change and having the courage to go about it. Yeah, definitely. Well, Emma, thanks a lot for joining me today. I think we've 
covered a lot of territory. I think we've talked about what organizing is. We've talked about specific ways to organize that you've been involved in. We've heard your energy and your courage and wanting to do this as almost as your lifetime work. So it's been a good experience, and I thank you very much for being part of us. Thank you so much, Sister Marilyn Jean. Uh, you are the best, and I'm really grateful to you know, be following in your community organizer footsteps because you are a community organizer <laughs> and to also, you know, get to witness the rich tradition of organizing within the Dominican sisters too, because I know that there's been so much of that over the years in the Catholic church and that's an incredible thing. And yeah, you guys are incredible. So thank you for having me on and I'm so grateful. We're glad to have you, Emma, and we're glad to share in your talents and your courage and your wisdom. All of the resources that we mentioned today will be available in the show notes for the episode of Flowcast at our website, flowcastlisten.org. It's certainly been a pleasure talking with all of you. If you enjoyed this episode of Flowcast, please tell your friends about it. They may be interested all. They might be want to look at the past issues or the current issues, episodes, and they can do that and you can do that by just searching for Flowcast Listen, wherever you get your podcast. Flowcast is a production of the Dominican Sisters of Springfield, Illinois. We try to share stories of people changing lives in hopeful ways for the life of the world. Thanks to the Flowcast team, engineer Brandon Durham, marketing director Jean Ann Miller, and producer Sister Beth Murphy. For Flowcast, I'm Sister Marilyn Jean Runkle. Again, thank you for joining us today.